You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Seeking Excellence podcast. It is great to have you with us. I am your host, Nathan Crankfield, and today we're going to talk about some heroes. You know, it's the week of 9-11, and I think there's so much going on in our nation right now that we easily get distracted. I think uh, we easily get, you know, our minds and and our attention and our energies get shifted in all these different directions, all the fighting, all the problems, the election, the pandemic, the racial tension, tearing down the statues, rioting, looting. We have a lot distracting us. But I think one thing that's so beautiful about when we reminisce on the time, uh, the tragedies that took place on 9-11, on September 11th, 2001, when you think about that time, one thing that those tragedies did is they really unified our country. We did bond together. We came together to, to unify around the, the suffering that was taking place in New York that really reached and spread throughout the entire country, the fear and terror that, that had infiltrated our country at that time, but also in our response to that, to that violent attack that took place that day. So I wrote the blog for this week. Um, you know, on 9-11 and, and, and kind of from my perspective as, as, a, as, a, as a former Army infantry officer and everything. But I just kind of want to talk about that. I want to talk about heroes. I want to talk about 9-11. I want to talk about what that looks like, you know, or, or what that experience was like and, and just a lot of different things that kind of take place. And this was kind of my reflection. So this is going to be kind of a podcast to go along with that blog. We're just releasing it a few days before we release the blog. So um, I hope you enjoy it. And, and I'm excited to take you on kind of this journey that I had just kind of thinking about it. You know, from my early years as a kid, I remember I just wanted to be a hero. And I think that is true for all kids. You know, all of us, we, we play these these greater roles and we're currently living out, right? So like Halloween, you dress up as, as a superhero, you dress up as a nurse, or you dress up as a, a firefighter, you know, and, and all these different types of roles that really are oftentimes service oriented. We're, we're very others focused as kids. We have this imagination that, that is really unlimited and doesn't have the, the uh, you know, the beat down self image. It doesn't have the beat down um, of your ideas and your dreams and your goals that kind of happens to you over time as you grow older and you become an adult. We haven't like adopted the despair that the world tries to force upon us yet when we're still kids. And there's a beautiful thing to that. And I think that all of us deep down inside want to be a hero. We want to be somebody who, uh, you know, is going to be remembered for our, our, our valor. We're going to, we want to be remembered for our courage, for our effort, for our, our willingness to lay down our lives for other people, for our willingness to lay down our lives and to suffer and sacrifice for a greater cause. 
And a lot of times over, like I said earlier, you know, we, we start to lose that as we grow up, as we grow older, we start to, that starts to fade away. And there's a number of reasons for that. There's the, the education system that we, that we're forced, we're subjected to. Um, a lot of times like puts us in a box and we're not able to continue that imagination and continue that hope in those goals. And we're told a lot of times that our, our goals and our dreams are unrealistic and sure, sometimes they are, but you know, we, we smash that imagination and we push that down for the sake of, of, of rote memory and, and, and just memorizing stuff so that you can regurgitate it on a test. Um, and, and we, we kind of lose that dreaming. We lose that, that imagination. We lose that passion for this like, miraculous and strong, unbelievable service towards other people. But I think there's a small percentage of society that doesn't lose that. You know, if you remember the beginning of the movie American Sniper about uh, sniper, absolute Navy SEAL legend, Chris Kyle, um, played by that, uh, that good looking dude. Oh, what's his name? Bradley Cooper, played by Bradley Cooper. Um, I did just call him good looking as well. So you have that going for you on this day. But Bradley Cooper plays Chris Kyle in American Sniper. And there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where, um, you know, Chris Kyle's younger brother is getting beat up at school and his dad has a conversation with him and he tells him how there's, there's sheep in the world, there's wolves and there's sheep dogs. And the sheep dogs are there to protect the sheep from the evil, you know, and, and there's certain people, I think that as they grow up and as we get older, they don't lose that. They don't lose that sense of desire to protect, the desire to serve. And those people are our public servants, you know, they're the police officers or the firefighters or the soldiers, the Marines, the, uh, I even, you know, will say they're the airmen, you know, the air force. I'll count them, you know, cause it's, you know, it's 9-11 week, we're unified. So Coast Guard, all that stuff, right? Um, we, we think about these people, the nurses, uh, the people who are willing to risk their lives and to lay down their lives for the greater good of society, for the greater good of the community. They're often not the most paid. They're often not the, the most revered or respected um, professions. Sometimes they are, but you can see right now the struggle that, you know, police aren't, aren't the most respected profession. They actually get a lot of disrespect. They're probably the most disrespected profession, I would say, especially in regards to the ratio of respect that they deserve versus the respect that they get. Now, obviously, there's going to be some bad apples in there, and there's some horrible people. One thing that I always say I'm really grateful for as a soldier is that we were never blanketed and looked at the same way that I see both uh, police officers and priests subject to, very, in both professions, a very small percentage. Nonetheless, a very existing percentage of those communities are, are, are inherently evil, are racist, are, you know, um, uh, pedophiles, uh, you know, abusers of society, abusers of power, but a very small percentage that ends up getting blanketed to the entire, uh, the entire group. You know, we need to seriously evaluate how we can eradicate that evil out of both forces, but we can't, we can't assume that each person that we see with a collar, with a badge is inherently evil. Uh, that is never the solution. That is never the way to go. And it's days like this. It's days like 9-11. It's days like September 11th that remind us of the heroic actions of some people. And I think that that is so awesome that we get to take this moment now in the midst of all this and remember those, those people who are willing to go in the other direction. So that's what I want to talk about now. I want to talk about what I call the two directions. 9-11 happens, right? The, the, the planes crash into the building um, <clears throat> on that day uh, to the Twin Towers. And you, everybody remembers where they were, right? I was in third grade. It was, um, I was eight years old. I was in third grade at St. Margaret Mary School in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I remember them kind of like bringing us all down to the cafeteria. We're like, what in the world is going on, right? Mid-morning. And they're like, everybody's going home. And we're like, okay, you know, this is kind of weird. Like, you're going to tell us what's going on. And they're like, no, like your family's update you, like your parents are coming to get you, whatever. I remember going home and watching the, the second tower fall with my parents and just kind of like being like flabbergasted, like, un, like what is happening? You know what I mean? Like this doesn't make any sense. 
And when you think about that, I think when you think of chaotic situations, right, a lot of times we think that there's probably people running all over the place. It's really hectic. But I was just kind of reflecting on a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, people are really running in two directions. People are either running towards the danger or they're running away from the danger. Those are the only two directions people are going in. And the people that were running toward the danger were the people who are willing to lay down their lives out of a sense of duty that they were willing to die to save other people. Think about that, being willing to die to save other people. And I think something that we don't think about it often enough is what is it that makes somebody willing to do that? You know, I think there's so many times where when, it, when people have come to me and, and they hear about what I've done in the army, they're like, oh, you did this airborne ranger, you know, infantry, all this stuff, all this cool stuff. There's kind of like this, like, especially, especially it happens more often with men, but I see it with both people. There's just this kind of sense of wonder and they kind of want to know and they want to dig deeper and they want to understand your mind and they want to say, why did you decide to do that? Like, what was it like? What Talk me through like some of those moments and then what they really want to get to, I think, what they're trying to get at in the heart of it is they want to know what, what, what drew out that courage? What drew out those things? Because for a lot of people, they're scared, right? When you tell them that, when you tell your friends and family you're going to do that, they're afraid for you. So th- there's a fear that's associated with danger, obviously, with death, obviously. We know that that exists. But people want to know, how'd you overcome that? How'd you overcome that fear? Because I don't know if I could. And I think you see that in a lot of people. You see that in their eyes. And you start to understand as they're asking you questions. They're really trying to say, how did you overcome that fear? Because I don't know how, but I'd really like to learn you know, and they want to know. And we don't study that enough, I don't think. We don't study that enough in the saints. We don't study that enough in our, in our public servants. We don't study that enough in athletes. Whatever it is that, that takes people over that hump and over that initial fear and discomfort and all that, it pushes through that. And, and a lot of people just assume, oh, it's brotherhood or it's patriotism. And, and maybe it is, you know, but I think, uh, I think one thing that is, is the worst thing that happens a lot of times in society is that we assume that people are, are, are doing it because of wages. And one thing that I, I point out in, in the blog is that wages don't produce virtue, right? And so you know that a lot of the public servants, whether it's be school teachers, police officers, enlisted soldiers, you know, they don't get paid enough. They don't get paid enough money. Sure, you have some police officers throughout the country who are getting paid a lot of money and they're making good salaries, but there's a lot of places where they're not. You know, there's a lot of places where these people are not making a lot of money. And, th- and I can tell you that every police officer, every firefighter, every first responder that, that showed up, um, uh, paramedic, all these different people, right, healthcare workers that, that rushed towards the danger on 9-11, on September 11, 2001, it wasn't because they were like, well, I got to get my paycheck in two weeks, so I better go ahead and do this. You know, there's a sense of duty. There's a sense of commitment. There's a sense of understanding the greater purpose. And, and that people are willing to risk their lives for that. It's not just because they're getting paid to do it. And that's what people say all the time, you know, and it's one of the most disrespectful things I think that that happens to police officers is people say, oh, well, you're, you get paid to do that. That's your job. You signed up for it. Yeah, it is their job. It is what they signed up to do. But it doesn't make it easy. They, they, they still have the same considerations that you have of, you know, um, I want to go home to my wife tonight. I want to go home and see my kids tonight. They still have that same consideration. They still have those same thoughts. They still have that same fear. They still experience it. That's what courage is. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the overcoming of fear. And we forget that too often, I think. And I heard that all the time, you know, when I was considering going active duty in the army and I was really praying about it. It was one of my biggest decisions that I first discerned in my life was what is God calling me to do, especially in regards to my military service. And I think I heard so many different excuses of other people when they were starting to discern that. And it kind of offended me. And I think that it's one of those things, you know, I shouldn't say it offended me because I hate thinking that I get offended because I really don't. But it kind of pissed me off, I should say. It kind of pissed me off. And what I think it does is because I think it's disrespectful and, and being disrespected does kind of piss me off. But um, <laughs> that's, that's a song for another time. But I think the thing that we do too often is we discredit the sacrifices that other people make. 
and we do this a lot. We do it to athletes all the time, right? We say LeBron James is only LeBron James because LeBron James is 6'8". If I was 6'8", 280, I'd be LeBron James too. No, your fat ass wouldn't. You wouldn't be LeBron James because you wouldn't be willing to work hard. You're not willing to work hard to maximize your potential that you have right now. So it makes you think that if you were given a bigger body and, and more height and more muscle, whatever, more athletic ability, that you'd be maximizing your potential then. You're not willing to do it. So if you're not willing to do it, you're not willing to do it. And, and you being magically placed into somebody else's body is not going to change that. In a similar way, too often, you know, when people were going through that discernment, they're like, well, I don't want to leave my mom and I don't want to leave my family and I'm afraid of this or that. It's like, you don't think, you think, what do you think? I hate my mom. You think that I want to go and I want to sacrifice all this time. I don't want to see my family. I don't want to see, receive the Eucharist for four months in ranger school. I don't want to, you know, be home for Christmas in 2017. I'd rather be woken up to a suicide bomber in Afghanistan. Like, are you out of your mind? You know, like, who wants to do that? Who's, who's waking up in the morning like, you know what? I'd really like to not come home tonight. The police officers aren't thinking like that. For, firefighters aren't thinking like that. First responders are not thinking like that. They're, they're, they have the same desires, the same wishes as everybody else. And the thing that we can learn from that as Christians is that everybody, the saints and, and the people that you see, you know, we look at St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, right? Left her family to go serve the poorest of the poor. Um, St. Francis Xavier, another great missionary to foreign countries. All these people who have gone and, and have done bold, courageous things, the martyrs, right? Like so often we think just like, well, God just gave them so much grace that they didn't have any fear. Any, and, and sure, maybe that happens sometimes, but I bet there's a lot of martyrs who think, you know, you think St. Thomas More wasn't like, you know, it'd be cool to be a grandfather someday. I'm sure he'd be open to that. You know, he was probably pretty excited to, to raise his family and continue to be there for his country and his community and his friends and his, his wife. But we discredit people. We take it away from them and we say, you know, they don't think like that. It's their job to do that. You volunteered to do that. They did volunteer to do it, but they volunteered to do it for you a lot of times. The good ones volunteered to do it for you. And that's what we have to think about. And they volunteered so we could have a freedom, so that we could sleep at night, so I could go to bed tonight here in Cincinnati and not worry about somebody coming in and busting in and taking my stuff. So I don't have to worry about violence randomly happening to me on the street. Sure, it happens sometimes, but do you know how much more would happen if we didn't have police officers? If you want to know, then look at Portland. Look at some of these countries or some of these cities across the country who have tried to kick police out of certain areas and there's people getting murdered and robbed and beaten. It's not good. But we can't discredit those who are willing to lay down their lives for us. It's horrific. It's an awful thing to do. And we have to be willing to stand up for, for the people who, who are willing to do that, you know, and just to thank them, to listen to their stories, to honor them, and to, to in turn go and do something with that freedom. You know, you heard me talk about that in, um, in a previous podcast. In the second letter, I really talk about how we owe it to the people who have laid down their lives to create freedom for us, not just as Black Americans, not just as Catholics, but as, as Americans in general, as Christians. We owe it to the people who are the martyrs, the people who have passed down the faith, the people who died for this, the people who died for the United States of America, the people who have protected us. Um, we owe it to them to, to be virtuous, to be upstanding and good citizens. And it's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that we can't be upset. It doesn't mean we can't be um, furious and enraged when, when injustice happens in our country, when injustice happens in our communities. But it means that we have to respond with virtue. We have to respond with the same courage, the same discipline that we've seen our heroes display for us because we're called to be heroes as well. We're called to be part of this story. What are you going to do with the freedom that people have died for? What are you doing with it now? Evaluate your life. Be honest with yourself. What have you done with that freedom? I think that's what, you know, we have 9-11 coming up. Two months later, we have Veterans Day. We have Memorial Day in May. Those days are time to really stop and think, like, what am I doing with this freedom? One thing that I think really, uh, you know, keeps us down, um, ties us down from really experiencing our freedom to using it to the best of our ability 
is uh, the bystander effect. I want to read this quote from Psychology Today that talks about the bystander effect. It says, the bystander effect occurs when the presence of others discourages an individual from intervening in an emergency situation against a bully or during an assault or other crime. The greater the number of bystanders, the less likely it is for any one of them to provide help to a person in distress. People are more likely to take action in a crisis when there are few or no other witnesses present. Think about that. How does that affect our own lives? You know, I, I try to remind people all the time that we, we as Catholics, um, we as virtuous members of, of a Christian society, or we as virtuous members, as Christians of the society, we have a responsibility to evangelize everybody, to take everybody to heaven with us, right? At least give them the chance, like make everybody hear the, make it so that everybody has heard the gospel. Everybody has their chance to be a part of the body of Christ, right? And I think that a lot of times when it comes to evangelization, we have this bystander effect that we always assume somebody else is going to do it. That's for pastors to do. That's for priests to do. That's for that person to do. That's for Nathan to do. That's for this person, you know, like that's for podcast hosts. That's for bloggers. That's for people who work in the church, whatever it might be. Those people do that. I don't do that. And that is nonsense. That is BS. And it's days like today where we need to buck up and have some courage, do some uncomfortable things and really start to push aside this bystander effect because in the, spiritual, in the spiritual reality of the world that we're living in right now, in the midst of all this, this chaos, like there's the spiritual battle that's ever taking place in our midst, we are experiencing something very similar to what you, you saw when you watched the towers fall at 9-11. There are certain people who are running towards the danger, running towards the difficult conversations, running towards prayer and the sacraments and purifying themselves so that they can be the brightest beacon of light and hope and joy and grace here on this earth. And there are people who are running in the opposite direction. And the people who are running towards the danger are, are, are a mix of, of atheists, Christians, agnostics, Catholics, everybody. And the people that are running away are a mixture of the same thing. And we need to get more people, especially the Christians, running towards the danger, towards the chaos. We need to push into these difficult moments. We need to push into the difficult pain of the pandemic, of the election year, of the racial tension and the polarization of the nation. We need to push into those things. We should be in the midst of it. If you, if you saw a police officer a few blocks away on 9-11 just standing around or cowering down in fear, you'd be concerned. You'd be confused. You'd be like, even though you know it'd be hard, even though you know it'd be difficult, you would expect him or her to be running towards to help people. Why? Because they're trained. They're equipped. They have weapons. They have the training. They have, they're supposed to have the knowledge and all that stuff to be able to do that. And what they would be lacking in that moment is not the training, not the weapons, not the, the knowledge of what to do if they were to show up and, and find people hurting or whatever. They'd be lacking the virtue and the courage that it takes to put themselves, to subject themselves to the danger, subject themselves to the discomfort, subject themselves to the risk of, of dying. And that's what we have as well. We, we have access to everything in, in, in 2020. There's no reason why your, your, your fear of evangelization should not be that you're not formed enough or that you don't know enough because you can learn anything you want. There's so many podcasts and YouTube channels and books and stuff like that. You can learn to read about anything. So you can learn about anything that you need to learn about. The only thing that we're lacking right now when we see ourselves cowering down and hiding from, from social media or hiding from um, conversations in real life or hiding from people or hiding from God is we're lacking that courage. We're much like seeing a firefighter, a first responder, a police officer who has the knowledge, has the access to our Heavenly Father, has the grace, has everything that we need to go forth and make a profound and impactful difference in our society, but is choosing not to 
And the reason why we're choosing not to is because we're choosing to not play the hero. Too often we're choosing to play the victim. Not every hero is going to wear a bulletproof vest. Not every hero is going to wear a cape, obviously, right? Not all everybody's going to be a superhero. Sometimes the heroes are just loving those people who are hard to love. It's being willing when you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit and you know what it feels like, whether you've responded to it ever or not. When you feel that urge to ask somebody, how's your prayer life going? Why don't you come to church with me? Having some of those uncomfortable conversations, that is when you're choosing to play the hero in your life. And it's days like today, it's weeks like this week where we reflect on and we bow to never forget the sacrifices that were made that day and the evil that took place here on our beloved country, on this beautiful land that we call the United States of America. It's during this time that we really stop to think about how am I playing the hero in my own story? How am I playing the hero and carrying on and being, you know, a good steward of the freedom that people died to give me on this day? You have to step up and play the hero. God is constantly asking, whom will go for us? Whom shall I send? Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me? Are you willing to step up, subject yourself to the grace of God, subject yourself to the sacraments, subject yourself to serious study, to serious prayer, to serious friendships and virtuous friendships, to virtuous relationships that will elevate you, to have people in your life that will call you out, to challenge you to be a better version of, of who you were created to be? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to be the person that, that will play one of the heroes in this story? Because it can't just be one person. One person can't save it all. And Jesus isn't going to come down and magically make everything good for us. He's expecting you and me to be his hands and feet, his eyes and ears, his heart here on this world, here on this world, here on this earth. We have to be willing to play the hero. Remember our heroes. Thank our heroes. And be willing to be one of our heroes. You can do it. Be your best. Challenge yourself to truly start seeking excellence. It's time to rise up and be better. I want to encourage you to follow us on social media at Seeking365. You can find more of our stuff, our blogs and, and all that good stuff. Read some of our letters. You can read this blog. Sign up for our weekly newsletter at thosewhoseek.org. That is thosewhoseek.org. Check out our website. It's, it's pretty awesome. It's really badass. I love it and uh, look forward to, to catching you soon. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more fire that we have coming up your way soon. God bless and be your best.